Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled you can join us today. We are going to be live, so you can always call in with your questions if you'd like. That number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And our conversation today is going to be talking about mold and remediation and your health. How does uh, mold actually affect you and what can you do about it? And we've got an expert at hand to to talk to us about that. But before I introduce you, I always like to give a couple of shout-outs. So first I want to shout-out to the Mark Arneson Band for allowing us to use their song Clarion Call, which you can go ahead and download on any of their favorite music platforms. If you are new to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, we have been around quite a while. In fact, we are known as the first uh, show dedicated in the world to dementia in caregiving. And so this show was brought about because of my own mother living with dementia for 30 years. And it's true talk radio. We're not just about sound bites. We want to have really sound conversations and give equal voice to all, large and small, all around the world, from those diagnosed to to researchers and everybody in between. Now, Alzheimer's Speaks itself is a uh, not only an educational platform and media platform, but we have lots of free resources. So check out our updated site, alzheimerspeaks.com. There you can find um, lots of videos uh, from the experts themselves, those living with dementia, called Dementia Chats. Or maybe you're interested in information on memory cafes or becoming dementia-friendly or dementia in the arts or Maybe you like poetry. Um, there's just kind of an endless uh, resolve there because we've been at this since 2009, and uh, we are very adamant about providing free resources to people. So, again, check out alzheimerspeaks.com. And if you haven't checked out Dementia Map, which is a global resource directory that I partnered with Dave Wiedrich, who has the uh, Memory Cafe directory, please do so there. That is a a great place. We've got about 150 different categories you can search. Uh, There are articles, there are events, and and so much more. And then Saltbox TV, too, is a wonderful resource and a source of entertainment and calmness and fun. Not only do they have the old TVs and movies, but they also have uh, tons of wellness programs and educational programs on there as well. And Soapbox TV is a free online streaming service. Um, Let's see, I've got a couple of uh, events coming up. So on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at 1 p.m., Uh, Central, which would be 2 o'clock Eastern, we do Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is virtual, and anybody around the world can participate. That is for people living with dementia and their care partners. If you are here in Minnesota, we have a Caregiver Connect program the fourth Wednesday of each month, 10 a.m. Central, which is sponsored by the um, Brookdale uh, Senior Living in North Oaks. And we have a meeting that I facilitate for care partners, and there's also respite for your loved ones. And then also coming up uh, live October 31st, I'll be in Minnetonka doing a screening of The Timeless Love, which is a beautiful film and talkback. We'll have more information coming on that. And September 20th, which is a Tuesday evening, 
at 6.30 uh, Eastern Time, Artist Senior Living is sponsoring a, a webinar I'm doing called Realities of Dementia, um, Family-Friendly Tools and Tips. So please feel free to join us on those, uh, those platforms as well. Uh, again, all are free for you. Now, we are going to hear from the um, Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner, and we'll be right back to introduce you to the Mold Medic. I love the Footbar Walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, Adapt it. Well, we are back, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today. We are going to be talking to the mold guy. And uh, this is a really important topic, and a lot of us don't understand the importance of it until it hits one of our friends or family members. So today I am going to be talking with Michael uh, Rubino, and he has become a renowned leader in mold remediation. He is the president of All-American Restoration and the author of The Mold Medic, an expert's guide on mold removal. Uh, Michael pushes the conversation forward in creating um, a need for better air quality, and he's been featured on dozens of podcasts and news channels uh, as a leading expert in mold and remediation and air quality. So again, I am thrilled to have you with us, Michael. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Lori, for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting call. I actually had a really good friend have a horrible, horrible reaction to mold. And so that is one of the the reasons I was uh, very excited to have you on this because, that, again, it's something I think that can just blindside people. And uh, and I, I don't always think that the medical profession even thinks to ask this question, but we're going to find that out from you here a little bit later in the show. First, I always like to ask all of my guests if they have ever been touched by a form of dementia in their own family or circle of friends. Well, actually, yes. So my uh, grandmother, Ellen, um, when I was younger, had uh, unfortunately Alzheimer's and dementia. And, um, you know, I was very little at the time. And so that's kind of how I remember her um, always, unfortunately. And my father, who was actually his uh, grandmother, um, you know, had fond memories of her all uh, his life. And it's just such a tough challenge to see someone go through that, right? Because it, it, it changes everything. Um, there were times where I remember as a kid where she didn't uh, remember who he was. Um, so it, it's tough and sad to see uh, somebody go through that. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that um, with us. Uh, first question I want to ask you is what made you decide to get into this industry? Because it is such a specialized industry. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, so my, my dad has been a restoration contractor since I'm five years old. So I am kind of following in the footsteps of the family business, but with a, with a bit of a twist. Um, my story starts pretty much right after Hurricane Sandy. Um, which, for those that don't know, was a big uh, superstorm in the Northeast that happened uh, many years ago now. And what I started to notice was a pattern. Uh, I started to notice a pattern of people getting sick. And it's what was really curious to me was a lot of these uh, 
homes that were affected were supposedly already remediated. And so to see people getting sick in, in a, uh, you know, fixed home, if you will, um, really started to pique my curiosity because although it looked like it was fixed from a cosmetic standpoint, um, there were still remnants of mold and bacteria behind the walls. Um, and so as I started to kind of develop this pattern and follow this um, and saw how many people were impacted, uh, I started to realize that there was a lot more than what meets the eye. And that's kind of what led to the evolution of where I am today. Okay, wonderful. Um, what makes you the mold medic and, and a true disruptor in this in this industry of inspection? Well, I I gained uh, the the name the mold medic by writing the book with the same name called the Mold Medic and Experts Guide on Mold Removal. But one of the one of the interesting things about that just that name in general was. I was doing things very differently uh, in this field, and that was kind of what made me a disruptor. I was looking at things from a microbiological standpoint. We have a living organism like mold or bacteria, and then we have the particles and toxins that that living organism can create. And for, for remediation, it typically was fixing things because it looked unsightly. It wasn't fixing things because there was this understanding of how these microbiological contaminants can harm us. Um, you know, when you looked at ads on TV for some of these bigger companies for many years, it was always this understanding or this messaging of, you know, hire us and it'll look like it never happened. And looking and actually feeling are two totally different things. And as I started to dive more into the science of what was happening, um, I really saw that there was a much needed change in the way in which we look at our homes, water damage, and air quality. Um, I started putting together the dots of we take 20,000 breaths per day on average. Um, so we also know that air exposure is the greatest route of exposure for contaminants. Um, and so when I started to see all of these things, it just made a lot more sense how this can impact your health. And I don't think that it's on many people's radar. So it became apparent to me that I needed to try to do everything that I can to get the word out. Um, oops, I just see that I, I had my mic muted there, so I'm yapping away and, <laughs> and to myself. So I, I was about to say, did I lose you? Nope, nope, nope. That's me losing myself here. It's just one of those days. I'm going to blame it on the full, full moon coming around the corner. I'm just kind of a bubblehead today. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I'm interested in, in terms of how do you test for bacteria? You know, you have always heard, well, if you see black mold, you know, what you're supposed to do and you shouldn't touch it and you should call somebody in. I've heard other people say, you know, get out the, the Clorox bleach and spray, you know, wear your rubber gloves and blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, there's stuff behind the walls, too. So a lot of times I think people tackle what they see. But we, uh, my guess is we don't always see the bacteria. Is that correct? That's right. I mean, you know, even mold, too. You don't always see mold. They're, they're both very, very small, um, 25 to 50 times uh, smaller than what the eye can see. And so when you, and I know that's weird because you're thinking, well, I've seen mold on a wall before, so that's not true. <laughs> well, actually what you're seeing is you're seeing hundreds of thousands of it colonized together, right? And that's why you're actually able to see it um, and because it gets bigger as it colonizes. But it starts out very, very small and very tiny. And so we end up missing things, especially if they're behind walls and it's not abundantly clear that there's been some sort of water intrusion. Um, there are many homes that I visit that are immaculate, no signs of water damage. Yet when you perform testing on the home, you find out that there is, uh, there is mold behind walls. There is bacteria behind walls. And so the best way to screen homes actually is to analyze the dust. And I'll tell you why. Because if you have a, a water event, and let's say mold and bacteria are growing behind the wall, um, it's going to produce these tiny particles and toxins that are going to aerosolize and they're going to settle exactly where our dust settles. And so by analyzing the dust, you're then able to take a look and see what is exactly in my dust. And 
why that matters is very uh, another very interesting thing. If, we, if you're ever sitting on a couch in front of a window and that ray of light has peered through and you saw all that fun stuff floating in the air, that is your dust. Um, it doesn't stay on the floor forever. It does aerosolize and recirculate, especially as you open doors to bedrooms, as the HVAC turns on, as you open windows, et cetera, et cetera. So you always want to make sure that uh, you're cleaning your home, you're removing dust because you can have a lot of environmental contaminants, um, especially with hidden problems that make its way into the dust. So I think for screening purposes, testing the dust is probably the best way to look at that. Okay, well, you're making me feel guilty because I was horrible at dusting. And I, I kept looking at my desk going, I got to dust, I got to dust, I got to dust. And I was just so busy. And I, <laughs> I finally did do it. And now it's like, okay, now you've given me another reason that I really got to stay on top of it and, and not be able to see it because it was, I, I couldn't believe how much I, I let it go. Um, but, you know, there's, like you said, there's so many small, teeny particles in so many different ways that that um, bacterial can be spread um, from touching something to, you know, breathing it in, um, you know, our duct systems. I, one question I wanted to ask, you know, because, I mean, I get my duct work clean. Does that really help, you know, when they go in and they brush it and they sanitize it? Sometimes I kind of feel like I'm taken for a ride on, on some of those services. Well, it can, um, but not all services are created equal, of course. Um, I tend to find that the best duct cleaners are ones that are certified duct cleaners. Um, not every single company is certified. Uh, the National Air Duct Cleaning Association is a great uh, company that governs certification, so they, they're very diligent. Um, and they're one of the only companies that actually certify companies for uh, mold purposes or bacterial purposes. So I think it's really important to try to always get uh, a certified company to clean your ducts. There is some benefit, but there's also some caution. So the benefit, of course, is if there's anything uh, growing in your ducts, if there's anything growing on the coil of the HVAC, they can help clean uh, clean those things to make them, um, to remove those contaminants, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, no, no HVAC system is 100% hermetically sealed. So that means that there is some leakage that occurs. So as they're cleaning, you're going to have some of these particles escape back into the environment. So I always tell people, if you have your ducts cleaned, uh, try to do it on a day where you can clean after. So if you're, you know, having your ducts cleaned Friday, just make sure you plan to clean the home um, pretty thoroughly on Saturday to just remove any of those contaminants that shook loose from the system itself. If you do that, you'll most likely feel uh, much, much better. Um, otherwise, you may have some, you know, allergic reactions or some sort of adverse health reactions uh, from just the uh, overload of particles that have now entered the environment. Okay. Well, that, that's good to know. I didn't realize that there was a particular certification <clears throat> for that. Mm -hmm. um, I've never really, I've never really asked, you know, just kind of check the box, <laughs> you know, um, sure. so that's, yeah. that's good to know. And it's good to know to clean afterwards too. I, I think uh, a lot of us feel like, Oh, you know, the house is clean now, you know, we're going to have less, we're going to have less dust to deal with. And so you don't really think about that because it's in your head um, that there will just be less and that it's, that it's safe at this point. Sure. Um, now, what kinds of, of effects can, you know, the different types of bacteria, because I'm sure there's more than one, um, what, what types of symptoms and effect can that have on, on the body? Well, I mean, there can be so many different symptoms that can happen. I mean, there are just there are over 100,000 species of mold alone. Um, there are over 10,000 species of mycotoxins that we know of, which are toxins produced by mold. We have bacteria, um, and a lot of the waterborne bacteria that we experience in our homes are typically called actinobacteria, which are gram-positive bacteria. And there are probably another 100,000 different strains of those. So uh, it's complex. The good news is it, it, we don't need to know all of them. Uh, we don't need to necessarily know all of the different health effects created by them. Because if we can test for them, we can find the locations of where they're coming from, 
and then we can uh, you know address those and as well as remove the particles and toxins created by those so in terms of how do we create a healthy environment we have that part pretty much down pat um, it is a very much ongoing study of all the different health effects that can cause uh, one such study that is very relatable to this podcast right now is uh, the, the work that Dr. Gail Bredesen is doing uh, in regards to inhalational Alzheimer's and the early onset of dementia and other cognitive uh, difficulties that can come out of living inside of a water-damaged building. So we are, we are understanding and learning new things every single day with all the different ways that mold and bacteria, which are the result of water damage in our homes, can really cause an impact. Um, a lot of the symptoms that you hear of pretty regularly are brain fog, uh, mm -hmm. chronic fatigue, chronic inflammation, um, allergic symptoms, um, skin issues like hives, skin rashes, uh, things of that nature. Um, you know, that chronic fatigue, just to kind of highlight that a bit, um, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, well-known well symptom uh, within a water-damaged building. And it's not just like I'm a little tired. It's, it's really tired. I mean, some days it's very difficult for people to even want to get out of bed. Um, they just are so exhausted. And imagine going to sleep and waking up and it just felt like you didn't get any sleep. Uh, you know, these are the types of things that you hear about. And we're learning a lot about the different impacts in children, like pans and pandas, which are neuropsychiatric and behavioral uh, disorders that can that can make it appearance in, in children. Um, so there there's a lot. Of course, we all know about asthma, right? Uh, mold and asthma has been linked for many many years. Uh, we know that it, it definitely plays a, a role in that. Um, you know, and and I honestly think that there's still so much for us to learn. Um, as you mentioned earlier, not every medical professional is, is is connecting the dots, is asking people about you know changes in their environment. And I think in order for us to really learn as much as we can, we need to be putting this in, into our, our diagnostics. We need to be asking these types of questions and gathering data. So I think that, it, that uh, it has definitely changed for the better over the last decade since I've been in this industry, but I still say we're pretty far away from the ideal scenario. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I have to, you know, when you talk about like wet basements and, and leakage and stuff, I grew up in a house in Roseville, Minnesota, and we had a, a big back hill. And there mm. would just when when it would rain, we'd get a lot of pressure. And I'll never forget the day my dad just went in with the drill with the blocks because he and he drilled holes in the blocks for the water just to come through the blocks because he was worried it was going to cave in the wall. You know, back in the day, mm. I mean, I'm 63, and I just think, oh my gosh, what you know, what was growing in the laundry room area, which was, you know, kind of unfinished and stuff in their home. Um, but you do, you hear so much about the brain fog and the, and the fatigue, the asthma, um, the allergies, the, the inflammation issues. And I, I had not heard about the psychiatric disorders in children. I think that that's pretty fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And, and the, you know, the skin issues as well. You know, one of the things that I think really complicates this, especially when dementia is in play, is, you know, to be honest, a lot of doctors still aren't as educated as, as we all think they should be regarding dementia. And then when you have, you know, a mold issue and they're not asking those questions either, I would imagine a lot of tests get left out and people don't really know where to go and you know, I hear just even with dementia, people will say, gosh, it, it's taken me two to five years to get a diagnosis. And I would imagine some people are doing the same thing with their symptoms um, if they're not, if, if they're not thinking to mention that to the doctor. I just don't think it's a common question for a doctor to, to ask, you know, are you, are you having any water? Have you had any water damage in your house? I just spoke to a client yesterday uh, who, whose uh, parents are living in this home that, that had not one, not two, but three separate floods. Uh, yeah. And when I asked them, and, and they're, they're, both, uh, they're both in their 90s, 92, I want to say, um, and I believe the father is experiencing dementia. And, you know, one of the things that I'd asked them was, you know, 
did this dementia start, you know, after one of these leaks? And it, you know, obviously this is anecdotal and this is, uh, you know, it could be purely coincidence, right? But mm-hmm. they said, yeah, this is, this is, uh, you know, something that has started and we, we definitely have a hunch that this could be, um, you know, uh, certainly making things worse. And um, mm-hmm. as I as I looked at that, I mean the the results were pretty uh, pretty bad. Um, there, it's so bad that you actually can strongly smell it upon walking in the front door. So naturally, they got their parents out of that, um, and they're they're working on uh, fixing their home. But it, it it was pretty sad to hear that they had to go through several different doctors. Um, not one of them asked about this, and you know, kind of kind of took longer to get to. Uh, the result that they need to get to, which is let's create a healthier environment for our, for our family. Um, and so, you know, it's, it is, it is a sad state because we have so much more information, so much more technology at our fingertips. There are brain scans that can be done uh, that can help point people in the right direction. Um, Dr. Amen is, is one of those doctors who has been working with uh, some of those brain scanning technologies to help understand uh, you know, different impacts. And like I said earlier, we take 20,000 breaths per day. We consume more air than, than anything else on the planet. And yet it's kind of one of those things that we think least about, which uh, is puzzling. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would agree. And, you know, you've mentioned Dr. Amen, who is a leader, as well as Dale Brunison. Um, I was not aware of the inhalation um, study that he's doing with uh, water damage in a building, but it makes, it makes a lot, a lot of sense. And I would imagine, you know, I I have no medical background either. um, But I would imagine that, you know, once the bacteria is in your body, it doesn't just go away on its own. And even, I I think probably most of our listeners have had some type of um, infection and, you know, they've gotten a prescription and that still hasn't quite kicked it out of the body and a second round is given or whatever it might be. But um, is this something that, that sometimes can't be, um, can't be totally treated or, or removed from the body once it's in? I would think, you know, it could do damage to organs that, that's not reversible in some instances. Well, you know, I think the jury is still out on, on all of that at this moment. You know, uh, there are certain people that seem to respond well to treatments uh, immediately, um, mm-hmm. some that have been undergoing treatments for a year or two and have, you know, experienced some relief, but have not gotten back to, you know, what they once were. And so I think, you know, it's, there's a lot of variables involved in that equation, of course, but um you know, we're, we're still learning very much so about the long-term effects that uh, this can have. And I think quantity matters, right? So, you know, the, my goal is not to promote fear that if you see mold anywhere, you need to run for the hills. It's to educate you that, you know, there, there is a difference between the different types of species uh, and how much is really there. Because if you think about it from that perspective, you know, one person may inhale, let's say, 2,000 mold spores every time they take a breath, and one person may inhale 2 million mold spores and toxins every time they take a breath. And so, obviously, your body has to fight a lot harder to remove a lot more, um, you know, the more that you're exposed to. So, I think, you know, there are a lot of variables in this, but we have to just be aware of what's in our environment how much of that is abnormal because you're always going to be experience some level of exposure to mold and bacteria, but mm-hmm. what is so abnormal that it's causing, you know, severe reactions to it. And I think that's kind of the part that we focus on. We want to improve some of these things that are off the charts that are extremely abnormal so that you can get into an environment where you're not, you're not impacted and you're not having to fight uh, tooth and nail to get it out of your body. Yeah. Well, and I think so often, you know, especially with Google, everyone kind of like Google's DYI, how do I do this myself? Um, But we, you know, this is, like I said, I had one friend who was really sick. I mean, had to get a a do not resuscitate in order. And she had young kids because they had water damage in their home and they removed it themselves. And they, they were, they gloved, masked up the whole nine yards. And she I mean, she almost died several times. Um, I mean, wow. it, it just really, really took a toll on her. And and she is back. Um, but, boy, it was several years 
before she really got help. And um, it, it was a very, very difficult thing because they couldn't, they couldn't pin it down. And even they, you know, they had talked that they, you know, the project they were working on and they still couldn't really pin it down and figure out, you know, how to reverse the damage that was being done to her body from this. And it was very, totally. very scary. And, and, and I, I want to mm-hmm. go ahead. I'm so sorry to cut you off. I, I, I want to put something into perspective to you too, for you too, because I think this may help with uh, the mental gymnastics of this whole situation is, you know, 250,000 spores can fit mm-hmm. on the head of a sewing needle. <laughs> and so when you're doing this yourself, you know, there there is extreme uh, damage that you can do if it's not done correctly. Uh, there are many professionals in the industry that have been doing this 20, 30 years that for some reason still don't know how to do this correctly. So it is, um, it is definitely something where science meets construction meets health. And so you'll want to make sure that you're protecting not only yourself. I'm glad that she was wearing suits, masks, gloves that is fantastic however especially if they're opening up drywall themselves and removing insulation themselves if they don't isolate that room that they're working in and if they don't have you know some sort of equipment there to make sure that the air is not uh, cross-contaminating in the other parts of the home you know just a, a one foot by one foot spot of mold can release millions of spores into other parts of the home into the HVAC so you want to be very careful because that is the situation where somebody thinks they're doing themselves some good by removing some mold and actually they almost made the problem worse and so mm-hmm. of course there's always something you can do if you accidentally do that you'll want to aggressively clean the place but if you don't know that um, you may still be living and feeling the effects of mold or bacteria because you may have uh, unfortunately redistributed it from your wall to the rest of the house now. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. But again, what we don't see, we don't think of. Um, and totally. so that's why this is such a, a good conversation to have. Now we talked about, you know, doctors not always knowing, but there's a whole nother, another piece of like, okay, you find out you have this, how do people pay for this? Um, are there protections that they can do with their, their home insurance? Because I, 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 from what I've heard, and please correct me if I'm wrong, this typically isn't a cheap endeavor. Um, especially if you're cutting out walls and beams and things, depending on, um, you know, what grade it is or where it's found, I would imagine. Um, but it, does homeowner's insurance cover this at all? Well, um, that is a very good question. And unfortunately, the answer um, is not going to be so helpful because it's going to depend on the state you live in, the insurance company you have, and the way that your policy is written. Um, for example, if you have a pipe leak that floods your basement, you're most likely going to be covered. But if you have, let's say, waterproofing issues and water's coming in from outside, or you have landscaping and grading issues and water's coming in from outside, they're going to consider that a maintenance issue, and all of that damage would not be covered. So what I'm typically seeing out in the field is, you know, about – 25 to 30 percent of the scenarios are actually covered and a lot more than that you know 75 to 70 percent are all things that people have to pay out of pocket for um, the average cost of remediation is about the average cost of of a you know pretty substantial renovation which i would say is anywhere between 30 and fifty thousand dollars so mm-hmm. um you know, and unfortunately as as murphy's law has it these things typically occur when we're least prepared for them to occur. And so it always puts a, a financial a hurdle on anyone who's dealing with this because of that. Um, and I think that's part of the, the overall problem. You know, we need some re- policy reform in the way in which we insure homes, the way in which our, our state regulations um, are written to protect people because there is a big loophole. Um, I've had great conversations with legislators, and I, I don't know that they fully were aware of how big of a problem that this really is. 
And so it's created some of the situations of today, but hopefully we, we can provide solutions um, for folks for tomorrow because certainly this uh, can be a pretty big problem. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you look at, I mean, just if you just take this year's weather and the climate issues and the number of floods, I mean, we had we had one over here in Minnesota, and it was, um, I want to say it had something to do with the sewers, you know, backup, which can, you know, it's not, it, it, you know, it's not your typical, you know, water flowing from the outside. And this community got hit twice, and they were saying most of it, it it's not covered or they're limited coverage through the city. And, you know, you're not even talking clean water or rainwater. You're talking sewage, you know, on top of yeah. this thing. And, and but then I, I look at all of the cities that have been physically flooded. And, like, one thing that just hit me now when I was thinking is, do you do cars? I mean, you look at the cars underwater, that, that there's got to be mold in some of those growing, oh, yeah. I would think, as well. You're right. I mean, I've already gotten calls, uh, you know, from some of the floods that have happened recently. Uh, what do I do with my car that was underwater, you know? And, and there's, there's no, even if you fix some of the mechanical issues that are probably going to happen with that car being water damaged, when it comes to the carpeting, when it comes to the HVAC systems of the cars, there's just there's just no real way to do it without removing that carpeting, uh, mm -hmm. without replacing some of the AC systems. And it becomes a costly endeavor. You know, it certainly does. And that, that obviously adds to the overall complication of being able to afford, you know, good quality air. Um, there is uh, it's, it's one of the many reasons why I started the Change the Air Foundation, which is a nonprofit geared towards that policy reform, towards that education and awareness, um, because we, we do have a pretty big uh, issue on our hands that needs some solutions. Typically, with um, those types of coverages, hopefully your car insurance company will um, replace your car, will replace the carpeting um, and the components that you need. And what I recommend to people in those situations is there are testing strategies that you can do to show the insurance companies, whether it's your home or your car, that there is a mold problem, that there is mm -hmm. a bacteria problem. There are tests that we can take to give them definitive evidence that you're not just asking for things uh, to be unreasonable or to take advantage of the situation. You actually are just looking for things to be restored back to the original condition. Um, so I, I always beg people to uh, get tested, um, even though it, it seems like a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, um, you know, out of pocket uh, is something that is cost prohibitive. It's so valuable to have because then if things aren't done properly, you can go to the insurance company and say, well, you know, I appreciate your efforts, but this didn't work. And this is going to uh, cause, uh, you know, health considerations for me. I have to get this fixed properly. Um, and that's that's kind of the point where we're in, where we have to advocate for our own health at this point. Yeah, it's well, I know my daughter's uh, car was stolen and this is this is just kind of show the kind of the fight and the advocacy, and some meth heads took it, and they like literally they they ripped the ceiling. It was like they were thinking things were hidden in there or something. It was just bizarre, oh, wow. and and they found several pipes, you know, in the car itself, and they're like, it's fine. Why did you know that was pre-existing? And it was like, what? Why would I? Why would I rip out the light or the vent or the? I mean, it was just weird stuff. And yeah. they they finally totaled the car, and we were like, you know, in real like I was in real estate. You, you know, if there's if there's meth in a house, I mean, it, it needs to be stripped down. I mean, it, because of the health issues and things like that. So, I think we, you know, we're just in a society right now where we really have to stand strong, and we have to get professionals to help us stand strong and, and fight with these insurance companies sometimes because, you know, I, I don't know, my experience has really changed with them over time, but they I don't feel like totally. they're on my side anymore, <laughs> you know. I, I feel like everything is a battle, and, uh, you know, it, it's just it's really, really sad. And when you are – distressed to begin with because you've got water damage in your house or you're not feeling 
well and you think this could be some kind of, of, of mold or bacteria, you know, you don't always have the stamina to stand up and fight either. And and to me, that really makes me mad because then I, I really feel like things are being taken advantage of there too. You're absolutely right. You know, it's unfortunate with the insurance industry too. I mean, uh, yeah, I always try to look at, at all sides of the coin and insurance companies, especially ones in Florida. I don't know if you've seen some of the news coming out of Florida, but 74% of all fraud, insurance fraud cases in the United States come from Florida. And so they're having a lot of companies are going bankrupt. Um, there, there's a lot of issues happening. A lot of companies are uh, getting pushed out of the market because they're no longer solvent. Um, you know, we have some we have some bad actors out there that kind of ruin everything for the rest of us. And, and, and insurance companies have adapted to, um, you know, trying to mitigate costs as much as possible and where where we're missing the the mark here is that for us as citizens uh we're not we're not in a, a situation where we want to minimize costs we want things done properly so that we know that the, the our spaces are restored properly and that means mm-hmm. u- utilizing scientific data so the way in which insurance companies could prevent fraud is by actually utilizing scientific data to see how far and extent they need to go. Um, but instead, it's kind of like one person's speeds, we're changing the speed limit for everybody. They just look at everybody as let's just reduce as much cost as possible. And I think that is kind of the dangerous route to go down, which has put us in this predicament where we're now fighting tooth and nail to get the proper coverages. So there's got to be a better way. That's, that's um, what I'm trying to help you know, come up with is how do we uh, solve this problem that's in the best interest of everybody, you know, and I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, as consumers, we're buying insurance to to protect ourselves so that when we need it, it's there. And mm-hmm. right now, when we need it, we're constantly told, oh, we're not covering that. Oh, you don't have enough coverage. Oh, sorry. And, you know, it's, we've been paying for this, uh, you know, financial security, if you will, only to find out that we don't have it. And that's where the biggest problem comes in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it's it's just so frustrating for people because you think, gosh, I, what am I paying for? And um, yeah. and that can really can really run into some issues there. Now there are like three different types as you say that are are critical to property for to properly evaluate the health in your home. Let's go over that because I um. You know, we've only got 20 minutes left. I could talk with you for quite a while. I I just find this a fascinating topic, actually. Totally. So one of the best ways to screen if we have a problem, this this is kind of like when you go to the doctor and you're saying, you know, I, I, I just don't feel right. Uh, can you do me a favor? Can you can you check me out and look at uh, different biomarkers to see what's happening? Right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same concept where you're you're doing a screen, and and we talked about this earlier about how to screen, and it's by looking at the dust. So you can get a you can get what's called the dust test, and the dust mm-hmm. test will utilize PCR technology, and it'll just analyze the dust and look for things like mold and bacteria and the toxins that are produced by by both. And that's really helpful because when we look at that PCR data, it's going to tell us different species, the quantity, and the quantity is determined by how much is present per milligram of dust. And you need five milligrams of dust per sample, which if you look at a Swiffer cloth, it's about one-fifth of that Swiffer cloth full of dust, just to give people mm-hmm. some perspective. Um, and that, 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 you know, that is a good way to understand because you can go to different rooms, collect some dust from this room, another dust from this other room. That's going to give you the total picture of what am I looking at or what am I being exposed to that's abnormal. And by looking at that, we can then trace that back and we come to the next round of testing, which is now that we know what the problems are, now we got to get down to the root cause. Where is this abnormal uh, elevation of contamination coming from? And that's where you're looking at, is it windows leaking? Is it a roof leaking? Did a toilet overflow? You're looking at all the different ways where water can come into contact. And then you're testing those different areas to see if the source is coming from one of those areas. And then mm-hmm. from there, 
you would actually be able to figure out what you need to do to improve the space. That's where remediation comes into play. And so mm-hmm. let's say the vanity was la- was leaking uh, for the past year and it was such a slow leak, you never even realized it. Well, you may need to take that vanity out, inspect behind it to see if the vanity itself is damaged. You may need to remove some of the drywall behind the vanity. And you're kind of looking at it from this perspective of where is the source growing so I can remove that source. Now, mm-hmm. you talked earlier about bleach and some other things that I would consider more misnomers of, that people think are effective. And I want to break that down for people because I always want people to, to know the information to do it the right way. Mold is very similar to a plant in the form of it has roots and it reproduces just like plants do, but instead of seeds, they're called spores. When a mold is rooted in a building material, you have to actually remove the roots, just like you would a weed in your front lawn. You have to pull it out from its roots. So how do you do that? Unfortunately, something like drywall and insulation, wiping it down or spraying bleach on it, that is not going to do the trick. If you do that, it's going to come right back, and it's going to be a problem uh, all over again. So you want to actually cut out that drywall. You want to actually remove that insulation behind it. And then you'll typically see it growing into the wood framing behind it as well. And so, again, utilizing protection to keep it from spreading to other parts of the home, you want to actually scrub it out of the wood and remove it. So the goal with mold and bacteria is remove it, don't try to kill it, because trying to kill it usually ends, uh, doesn't correct what allowed it to grow in the first place, and it ends up always coming back um, and sometimes coming back with a vengeance because you've added more moisture into the situation or when mold feels threatened, it can start to produce what's called mycotoxins. So we end up making it worse um, when we try to kill it. So always go to remove it. Interesting. Interesting. I think that's going to surprise a lot of a lot of people out there, you know, because again, we are so visual, and it's like, oh, it's gone, okay, you know, yeah. and and then all of a sudden, not so much. But what you're what you're saying makes. Uh, so much sense and it just sounds like mold and bacteria are uh, they're a lot more intelligent than what we give them credit for I think in in so many areas and I mean we're seeing that you know now with the superbugs and all of those types of things that we all thought was just kind of poo-poo stuff and and um, you know it's saying no no this is not a poo-poo thing this this is real and uh, yeah get stronger and they do change to to resist, and so that that is really really important, um, and and that can really give us a, a false sense of of security as a whole. Totally, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around something that is so small that we can't even see it that can really cause us harm, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think as we have seen these super bugs come into play, um, you know, it's definitely provided us some perspective, right? Um, there, you know, uh, there's all kinds of illnesses that have uh, come through in history that have uh, proven us wrong, that there's something out there we can see that can hurt us. Um, we have lost loved ones. We have seen, you know, things happen, um, you know, in, in our lifetimes. And the, the other thing is uh, that I that I think people will find very interesting is, Mold has mold has obviously been around a very long time. It's kind of like the cockroach of uh, of the microbial world. Um, it's very very resilient. Killing it is nearly impossible. And when you, when it comes down to uh, life forms, it's it's a it's a life form just like bacteria that uh, you will likely find on other planets in the in the uh, different systems because. Um, it is it is really that part of the uh, ecosystem in terms of what its form and function is. Mold helps break down decaying matter. Um, that's what it's actually meant to do. And so without it, we would have tons of dead stuff all around us that never actually breaks down and decays. So it's it's not necessarily the enemy in, in, in our world, but we certainly don't want to have a lot of it growing inside, decaying our buildings, getting inside of our bodies and helping decay our bodies. And, um, there's actually a passage in the Bible that mentions mold. It's Leviticus. Uh, for for anybody who's interested in looking that up, I think you'll find it fascinating. Um, what back back in the day, you know, thousands of years ago, when they had mold, uh, they would actually uh, 
scrub it off of the stones because we, we built homes primarily out of stones back then. And the, a priest would come by and bless it, bless the home. And if it grew back, they would actually tear down the entire house, throw all of the stones outside of the village far enough away so that it didn't contaminate other uh, other homes, and then they would build new again. And so wow. obviously we've learned a lot over the thousands of years. We don't need to go to that extreme, but as you can see, there is some stuff that needs to be removed and discarded and thrown away because it, it's virtually impossible to remove it from porous building materials. So I, I always I, I always found that fascinating when I first discovered that because, you know, for some people who think, well, mold's been around forever, so why are we just learning about it now? And it's like, well, we've actually known about it for a long time, um, but it's like everything else. We get distracted by life. There's other things that become a threat. We focus on those other things, and we have lost sight over how uh, problematic mold and bacteria have been for for as long as humans have existed. Okay. Now, a question for you. Like, like if you found mold in my house, would you also recommend that maybe they go to the doctor and just get tested at, at the same time if they're, if they're having symptoms? Or, I mean, usually there's a, there's a reason that someone's calling, and it could be just the inconvenience sure. of, you know, my basement has water in it, and, and that's, you know, where we do whatever. Um, and, and other times it might be where they're actually seeing symptoms. Do you ever have those conversations, or is that kind of a, a fine line? No, I do, actually. I do have those conversations, and I do recommend that people, uh, you know, speak to a doctor. There are tests that you can take. One such test is called the organic acid test. Uh, where it can screen your body for different uh, exposure to molds. There's also what's called the mycotoxin test, which uh, we talked a little bit about mycotoxins earlier. Certain species of mold can produce mycotoxins, so having a lot of mold in your home, you may have uh, mycotoxin exposure inside your body too, which you can test for. And what's fascinating about these things is everyone who does it, uh, when we look at the results of what they're being exposed to in the home versus what uh, is showing up as high inside of their body, there's mm -hmm. always a correlation. And I'll give you a, great, a quick example. Maybe your home has high levels of aspergillus um, that are abnormally high. It's a lot of exposure for a person. And you'll, you'll find that inside their body, they have high levels of ochratoxin A, which is a mycotoxin produced by aspergillus. Um, so you're always, you're almost always seeing that correlation. Of course, sometimes it's not their home. Maybe it's their office, right? So you, you uh, have the ability to check different places where they're spending a lot of time. But it's very fascinating to see that correlation because um, it gives us an understanding of, all right, we need to definitely figure out where this aspergillus is coming from so we can get these levels reduced uh, to, to provide some relief for the body. So it's it's nice when you can connect the science with the clinical, um, you know, the clinical of what's happening inside their body. Yep, that that makes sense, and it, and it's, you know, sometimes I think the public is educating the doctors sometimes in terms of what to look for and and what oh, yeah. is happening. And I understand that their jobs are very 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 difficult. So don't get me wrong there, um, but it is it, it is frustrating when. I think we have been, you know, told to to trust, uh, you know, our, our medical professionals, just like we've been told to trust our government and things like that. And everything is just sure. kind of upside down these days. And again, you had mentioned about really being advocates uh, for yourself is is extremely extremely critical. Um, now I want to uh, I, I want to mention because I I have you down as the the um, for contact information the the mold medic where they can go ahead and purchase uh, purchase your book and I also have listed the All American Restoration Company as a website but my understanding now is that you have um, changed names is that correct to Home Cleanse Yes so. Yes, yeah, so we recently rebranded. So if you do go to allamericanrestoration.com, you're welcome to. It'll it'll forward you over to the new website, homecleanse.com. And, um, you know, the reason we, we changed our name is because, A, Home Cleanse fits more within our mission of what we're trying to do, which is, you know, 
really create the products and tools to identify problems inside your home and create a healthy and clean environment. Um, All American Restoration kind of sounded like the, you know, past iteration of what remediation used to look like. So uh, new name, um, same technology, but going more after trying to, you know, create healthy environments for consumers. And we're also um, releasing our own products to help people do that, even if they don't, uh, you know, can't work with us or for some reason um, decide they want to uh, tackle things on their own. You know, they need, they're still going to need knowledge. They're still going to need products, information, and resources. So our goal is to help as many people as we possibly can. And uh, we wanted to expand our, our reach to do so. Okay. And you do have, it uh, look like on the site, you know, packages that, that people can buy as well. Um, is that correct? Or are those just showing people the products that you use? No, you can absolutely buy packages. You know, one of, one of the products that I like the, the, the best without kind of giving the product name or pushing too product heavy here is an air air purifier that hooks up to your HVAC machine. Um, stopping tiny particles from getting into your HVAC machine is really crucial because, unfortunately, the filters we buy at Lowe's or Home Depot, they're not they're not efficient enough to block something as small as mold or bacteria. So providing people with resources to improve their air quality is, is really what we're about um, as a company and what we're trying to do. So, yes, you can you can get products, um, look at different things. Not all of them are manufactured by us. Some of us, some of the products are just great products, great companies that we recommend um, as resources for people. Okay, great. And then you are also on the uh, on Facebook as the Mold Medic Book um, on YouTube under your name, and then yeah. under Twitter as the Mold Medic as well. So. Again, I, I found this conversation really fascinating. Is there anything, we just have a couple of minutes left here, is there anything that we haven't discussed that, that our audience should know about? Oh, you know, I am so sure that we have, right? There's, we can talk <laughs> about this all day, I'm sure. Um, you know, we'll, ha- we'll, have to, we'll have to get together again soon and, and provide, a, you know, as, as much information. Maybe if you're listening and you have questions that come out of this, you know, let us know. We'd be happy to, to have another conversation and try to answer as many questions as we can. But I think, you know, the message that I want people to have when they're when they're listening to this and, and the takeaway is that air quality, um, you know, health is holistic. And we know a lot about water and food and exercise. We don't know a lot about air quality. And because it's the greatest route of exposure, because of the amount of breaths that we take every day, yeah, I just want to urge people to do their due diligence. Whenever weird health issues are coming up, ask yourself, you know, is it possible I've had a recent leak? Did I just move into a new place that could have a different environment than, that is impacting me than what I'm used to? Uh, you know, is there, has anything changed in my environment? Because I think not a lot of attention gets gets uh, pointed to environmental exposures. And for so many people that I speak to on a daily basis, uh, it's a it's a huge part of the problem, and so I, I just want to see people get the help that they need, um, so that they don't suffer. Because so many people suffer for many years before they finally connect the dots, and that's um, one of the disheartening things that I, that I hear about all the time. Yeah, well, and there's so many different types of leaks, from a, a leaky seal on a toilet to, like you said, a, a vanity mm-hmm. or sink. And a lot of times we have a lot of crap under there, so we don't even see it until all of a sudden we smell it or it's dripping on the floor. And, uh, you know, and then you've got outside water or, you know, a tub overflows. I mean, it, you know, or a, a pipe burst. I mean, the, the list is kind of endless. And then you have, you yeah. know, you know, just your, like you said, your AC and your furnace, you know, needing to be clean. So please check them out. Uh, go to the website and, and pass this along. This is information that most people don't know. And I would also encourage you, Michael, to join us on Dementia Map. I think you'd be a great, great resource there as well because so many times people have overlapping uh, overlapping uh, symptoms. And this might be something that they have not thought about prior. So, again, uh, thank you for sharing your time. And, um all of this great information with us. Have a a blessed week, everyone. We'll talk soon. Bye now.
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.